WSB, depend on it. He's, he's the most connected man in Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Kane. 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are do you have any belief that you stand a chance to win this nomination, let alone the presidency? Most of the people that are in elective office in Washington, D.C. have held public office before. How's that working for you? Herman Cain, Solutions for a Better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because you know we are going to tell you the truth, even if it hurts. And we're going to give you the facts because we want you to be informed and inspired to help make this a better America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Kane and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman, how you doing today, buddy? You know, we hear your voice all the time from Washington, D.C., and you're in studio today, so I'm glad to see that that is a real person attached to the voice. Behold behind the curtain, Herman. <laughs> I mean, we figured you could have been playing us a recording. That's right. You never know where I am. But now we see you walking around, you know, and all that. Beauty of radio. You know, I could be just at home sitting in my shorts or something like that. In the flesh. That's right. Right here at good old uh, The Herman Cain Show. That's right. What's going on with the summit? Uh, just heard uh, a speech uh, at the State Department by the president on violent extremism. I guess I'll tweet this out, in fact, right now. His quote, the notion that the West is at war with Islam is an ugly lie. But at the same time, it just seemed to me that the president, again, was choosing his words very carefully and avoiding those Islamic terrorism labels, you know, to describe terrorism. And it's been interesting. Uh, there are some uh, stories today. In fact, the New York Times has a very interesting story talking about how the president's aides have taken a lot of flack on this and you know it has been a bit of semantic gymnastics frankly in recent months from the president and and that's just think of the name of this summit you know uh, countering violent extremism it it just sort of smacks of a bureaucratic kind of name don't you think Herman, yes more it than does anything else and yep you know i don't care which side of the football you're on on this issue and the president whether you like him or don't like him that's just one of those as a reporter you hear something like that and it just it just to me, hits of uh, of bureaucracy, or you don't want to say something. And, you know, uh, there have been obviously a couple of flashpoints, and I saw one article this week in which a White House aide acknowledged they didn't expect to get so much flack from uh, the recent statements of the president uh, about uh, terrorism and, and how he, he seemed to be not labeling it as directly. And then again, I went back and read some of the stuff about uh, uh, during the Bush administration about President George W. Bush, and, you know, I remember when he, he got a little hot water immediately right after 9-11 when he used the term crusade and sort of backed off that. They never could really figure out what to call it. So it's 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 a different kind of struggle with this administration, whereas a lot of people thought the last one, he, uh, the president was criticized, President Bush was, for being too direct at times. This one's now being criticized for not being direct enough. And you know, I really do believe, well, I don't, I'm not sure this is going to be a big-time issue. It's certainly going to be seized upon, I think, by a lot of Republicans in the run-up to the 2016 election to argue that the pendulum has swung back too far on the issue of terrorism. Have you heard anything from some of the Democrats or the prominent Democrats about this whole thing? Because, as you know, conservatives uh, and many Republicans believe that this whole summit thing is just hogwash when he talks about global effort against corruption. 
You know, I, th- I think that the summit has sort of uh, become a, an easy kind of thing to hold to make people think you're doing something about right. it, and, and a number of presidents have been guilty of that. What I was struck by today, Herman, in the speech, and, you know, look, it wasn't a rah-rah speech or anything like that. It was to a group of diplomats and others uh, from uh, the Islamic community, but there was no polite applause during the speech at all. It was, uh, it, it almost seemed like an academic kind of presentation or something like that and you know that's something that uh, critics of the president would certainly mention in, in sort of that academic uh, kind of feel to this and you know part of this is a semantic kind of thing uh, language is always important and I think for a lot of Republicans the language needs to be much more direct in terms of what's going on ISIS seems to have um, gotten even more brutal that was a report uh, that they are finding mass graves where people's organs have been removed and this sort of thing. Is anybody talking about that kind of stuff? I haven't seen that. You know, I was looking up today because I really hadn't heard much about U.S. military airstrikes in Syria and Iraq. There's, it's pretty much, this this is sort of funny, Herman, on the, the, the news page of the Central Command, they pretty much are just trotting out the same headline every day. February 18, colon, military airstrikes continue against ISIL in Syria and Iraq. February 17th, military airstrikes continue against ISIL in Syria and Iraq. February 6th, you're getting the picture there? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, six, two, four airstrikes, it's not an overwhelming air campaign by any means, uh, but it is continuing sort of at a lower level, and I think a number of Republicans would like to see that change, but uh, it, it doesn't seem to be that that strategy is going to undergo a big change at this point in time. Well, it, that's true, and that that is unfortunate because here's here's the biggest thing, Jamie. The American people are not stupid. They see through this whole summit thing in terms of the narrative that the president is trotting out, the narrative of members of his administration, Marie Harf, also out there touting this narrative about we need to get to the root cause. The American people are not stupid. Can they be, one, that out of touch with what the American people are, or number two, they assume that the American people are stupid enough to buy this stuff. You know, it's interesting because eight years ago, the narrative from Democrats was that the Bush administration had become too much of a warmongering administration, was doing too much. Now, Herman, we seem to have swung back the other way, uh, with uh, Republicans certainly arguing, and I would expect them to characterize uh, uh, President Obama and his policies even more as sort of a Jimmy Carter-esque kind of response. Well, I, I just know it just causes more and more frustration. Every day we hear about more brutal brutal killings of innocent people and the American people will say, look, I understand the whole idea about having an international coalition. Uh, we we don't hear many reports about who's in the coalition. We don't know who's doing what. What are we doing other than the airstrikes that you mentioned? Well, right now we're also we're, page. we're fighting with the Egyptians. The Egyptians launched a bunch of airstrikes in Libya. Yeah. We didn't want them to evidently, or we didn't agree with the plan, and there's a, there's a divide that's going on there. So, yeah, a lot of cross-currents at this point in time when it comes to the Islamic State situation. And, you know, Republicans certainly in Congress have the ability now to forge a, an authorization for the use of military force as they want to see it. And they are running the House and Senate. They'll get that chance in coming months. Right. What else is going on? Uh, immigration, we still don't have any uh, formal appeal yet of this judge's ruling. It's really been interesting. Yesterday, Hertman, at the White House briefing, there was no guesstimate given out by the White House Press Secretary, Josh Earnest, on when, A, when we would get that uh, appeal, or B, how long they expect this delay to last. I mean, face it, this was not on the calendar.
calendar for the White House uh, in terms of they were ready to uh, go full speed ahead in implementing the president's executive actions on immigration and take all those applications for legal status this week. But now that's on hold, and I guess uh, we're going to have to just wait and see how long it's going to take to go to the Fifth Circuit, whether you go before one judge, do you go before a three-judge panel, do you go before the whole circuit on bunk, does it take a while to get briefs and arguments and decisions and written decisions, and does it get appealed up, up, up to the U.S. Supreme Court? This may not be something that just gets turned over in a little while, Herman, and of course, all against the backdrop of what the Congress will do next week when lawmakers return on the funding for the Department of Homeland Security. That funding runs out a week from tomorrow. I haven't sensed any give from either side. You know, it's still at base. The, the Democrats holding up this bill, not even allowing it to get to the floor in the Senate. And I think Senate Republicans are just going to stick by it and say, you know what? If you don't want to take these votes, then we're not going to pass this bill. Right. I think you're right. That's where it's headed. Why is Eric Holder suing the Ferguson police force? You know, have they, they haven't announced that for sure yet. Am I correct about that? I saw Yeah, they said that he intends to. Um, they could sue Ferguson for what, from what, how I understood it, over uh, racial discrimination, a pattern of racially discriminatory tactics. You know, that that kind of effort has been used by the Justice Department before. Uh, didn't the city of Cleveland, I want to say that they sort of got caught up in the same kind of thing. Yes. Obviously, Ferguson has been, you know, uh, part and parcel in the, in the front of all this in recent months with what went on uh, with the shooting death of Michael Brown. But we'll have to see, uh, you know, at this point in time, it does not seem like they're going to charge that police officer, Darren Wilson, I think was his name, if I remember correctly, for the shooting of Michael Brown, but instead look at a broader kind of of, of investigation to review the tactics that have been used by the Ferguson police in the past. And if uh, they don't come to some agreement, then I would think they might go to court then against the Ferguson Police Department. Has Holder's replacement, I can't remember the latest Loretta name, Lynch. Has she been confirmed? No, no, no. In fact, I think, Herman, that her nomination could be in some real trouble at this point in time. Really? I'll tell you why. Well, we've only had a handful of Republicans come out for her. A number of Republicans have said that, uh, you know, they, they want to vote against her. Remember the change that the Democrats made with the rules on the filibuster, remember, as it pertains to nominations. Instead of needing 60 votes, you were able to do it with a bare, simple majority to shut off debate and force final action. Right. You know, the Republicans have never decided yet whether they want to keep those rules. A number of them have said they should go back to the old ways of 60 votes. And I'm not sure that there will be 60 votes for Loretta Lynch, which would put uh, the GOP leadership in a bit of a spot here. There are some Republicans who say, no, nah, don't change them, leave it at 51. Uh, they argue that when the Republicans take charge, they should be able to have those same rules to more easily put people on the federal bench or in executive branch positions. Others, though, who have been around the Senate for a while, they don't like the idea of getting rid of that 60 because it does give you some leverage in the minority to stop things with an administration. So uh, to me, it's a little tricky. The Senate Judiciary Committee will probably vote on Lynch's nomination, I believe, one week from today is when it comes back up on the docket at some point next week. And then in March, at some point, they'll bring that nomination to the floor. And I don't think it's a slam dunk. I tend to think with a little bit, uh, a little dose of political, of politics, presidential politics for next year, it might not be a quick march to confirmation for Loretta Lynch. You remember how, uh, what it was, it was 93 to only 5, I think, is what it was, the vote on the defense secretary. Right. Uh, you know, Ashton Carter's well-known. Loretta Lynch, not as well-known, and certainly the, the, the controversy over the immigration actions and a lot more making her confirmation a little more difficult. Do you recall how many appointees by this administration were approved with less than 60 votes? 
Uh, I do not. I'm sure somebody's got that stat somewhere. There were a number of people, remember, at the end of last year that the Democrats pushed through, that the Republicans forced them uh, to have uh, filibuster votes on. But I don't know how many actually would have been blocked. You, it's, it's, you can't really say it's one for one, but there were a lot of people that they did get through in the final weeks of the session last year. But now if they go back to requiring the 60 under Republican control, and if... Democrats get back control, they can change it back. This sure they does could. not make any sense. Well, you know, I think there's a lot of people who look at, and, and I guess as somebody who's been around the institution a while, I do think it is a dangerous, slippery slope for the Senate to take away that 60-vote supermajority. Uh, it used to be 67 in years past. It was changed after Watergate down to 60. I, I fear that it's, uh, one party or the other is going to take it away on legislation, and that's certainly going to change the nature of the Senate as well. It sure would. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. See you tomorrow, Herman. Good to see you. Absolutely. You're brother. listening to the Herman Cain Show. When you're listening to Herman Cain, Herman Cain, you won't miss any breaking news. And you'll never miss out on a single solution for a better America. Herman Cain is on Coast to Coast. Jamie Dupree is a real person, y'all. Just thought I would testify to that. We'll be right back with Rapid Fire.